8 to 10 p.m. The Viewpoint with Ashraf Garda. The Viewpoint with Ashraf Garda. Well, in the light of all of that, uh... I wonder what you may make of the tomorrow's budget speech. I have a sense that after listening to Dr. Paul uh, Silungisele Tembe, you may listen to the budget speech with a very, very different approach. And maybe that's exactly why the show is so important. The viewpoint, yours, mine, the guests, every one of us has a viewpoint. Absolutely. So podcast up tomorrow morning. Look out uh, for that, as well as the podcast that we had yesterday with a representative from Democracy Works. Check it out as well. It is on the SAFM Website. Okay, let's get from one big important issue to another big important issue. You may be aware that uh, AMCO, that's the Association of Mine Workers and Construction Union, they've called for strike action. Uh, in fact, I understand they're very much going ahead. We'll find exactly what it's what's happened. This concerns the issue around the Sabania Stillwaters announcement to effectively let go six thousand people. As part of restructuring, can you just imagine 6,000 people? And then when I look at the Bosaza issue, about 4,500 people, that is massive because the impact is like 100,000 people in our country. But what does a strike really mean? So we'll chat to Joseph Matunjwa later on. He's the president of AMCU. But first up, Ed Stonard is with me. He's a contributor at Mining MX. Ed, good chatting to you and thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you, and good evening to you and your listeners. Good. Give us the background here, first of all, in terms of what's your understanding of this, this, what I've been told is AMCO's strike call or secondary strike. What, what's the issue here? Well, I, I think, and I think Joseph would obviously be able to articulate that much better than me. But I, I think, I mean, the issue here is is that um, AMCO has signaled that it's opposed to um, Sabanya's uh, announcement that it it, it plans to uh, begin um, uh, a Section 189 process to discuss. Um, possible layoffs, which could amount to over 6,000 jobs um, at Driefontein and at Beatrix gold mines. So AMCU has called on its members in the platinum and coal sectors to go on a, on a strike, a sympathy strike, to protest that, is, is my understanding. Okay. So there has been concern. I mean, first of all, you know, your understanding in terms of when is a strike a good thing, and I'm looking at it from an, from an AMCO point of view, from a union point of view, when is a strike a good thing and when is a strike a not so good thing to do? Well, I, I suppose a strike is a good thing to do when you're in a position of strength, as I suppose when the withdrawal of your labor will um, really hit the company's bottom line and potentially get investors' attention. Um, uh, whether this is a good time to call a strike or not, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not really sure. Um, uh, uh, Sabania um, is coming. Well, Sabania is expected to report losses this year overall, but Sabania is in a position of strength, I believe. It's it's got a strong balance sheet, um, uh, relatively strong balance sheet because of earnings from its um, platinum uh, PGM mine in in the United States in Montana. So <clears throat> I, I suspect that they might be able to wait it out. Hmm. Uh, there has been, you know, so so the one concern would be the six thousand workers, obvious one. The the other would be, you know, what sort of leverage that does does Amco have in this in this strike? I, I, again, I'm I'm not really sure. Um, they they do have a wage strike uh, ongoing at the moment at Sabanya in, in um, sorry at Sabanya's gold mines um, uh, on the West Rand and um, and other places. I mean, in the Free State and that. Um, doesn't seem to have rattled Sabania too much. Um, 
Sibania, um, the, the thing about uh, these 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 mines where the, where the layoffs um, um, are are being discussed, and let's let's face it, probably you know many of those jobs will likely be lost uh, when this is all said and done. Um, Dreyfontein was losing money. It has been losing money. Uh, I believe last year it was either for the six months to the end of June or the full year, pardon me, I can't quite remember, it, it had lost 442 million rand. Um, its costs are quite high relative to other mines. So it, it's been a problematic asset for quite some time. So, I mean, this had been on the cards, and my understanding is that the unions, it had been raised with the unions uh, a few weeks ago um, at these future forum. Okay, um, so, so here's the thought. I mean, should we be concerned about the impact of this AMCO strike? Well, it would, I would, if, if the strike goes ahead, um, I suppose uh, there would be a concern because, of course, it's coming against the backdrop of of of, of load shedding of, of perhaps a fairly austere budget that's going to be delivered tomorrow, um, and, and all these other factors and, and headwinds um, that are facing the South African economy. So, a strike, especially one that could be potentially violent, um, would obviously you know, hit investor sentiment. Um, but, you know, I, I, I don't know I, I don't know the level of support among AMCU's rank and file mm. myself. One of, one of the concerns has been, and it's a side issue, but it's a big side issue, is that many of the AMCU workers, in fact, worked in coal mines. And if they go on strike uh, at coal mines, it would once again impact in terms of the conversion of, of coal into, into the this valuable energy that we so need to avoid another round of load shedding. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, that would obviously be a major concern. Any any threat to coal supply right now um, would be. I mean, Eskom just doesn't need any more bad news. <laughs> that's that's quite clear. Um, and and I, I suppose that could be one area where Amcu again will have uh, could have could have mm. leverage. But again, I, I I I don't know the the level of support yeah, uh, for for such an action. Is there, is there any is there any final point that you wish to raise that that in the context of of the Amcu strike or strike call that that you'd like to share with us? Um, uh, well, I think it it could. Um, I mean, it could. Um, I suppose it could. Uh, Highlight um, the, the 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 influence that, that Joseph still has. I mean, he's a significant figure in the South African mining industry, um, and he's been a you know he's a major labor figure in the country. And I don't think he's going away anytime soon. And you know, and he speaks for a certain constituency. So I you know it might just highlight how much influence that uh, Joseph uh, still has. Okay, we're going to certainly get to speak to Joseph Matunjo just in a second. Thanks for your time uh, at, at Stoddard. Appreciate your input. Contributor at uh, Mining MX giving us his thoughts. Now, you may want to add on uh, your own opinion in terms of what is your understanding of the AMCU strike call? In fact, is it going ahead? What are the issues? What are the concerns? What leverage do they have? I think there's also been calls of disinvestment, which I certainly want to raise with uh, Joseph Matunjo, but you can engage as well. If you're tweeting as well, hashtag SFM Viewpoint. Certainly welcome. I'll do either way. The show is called The Viewpoint, and let me emphasize that. I'd like to get yours. Mmm, this is so delicious. What's the occasion? I just want to add a little vavavum to our relationship. I'll be right back. Oh, there she goes again. I'm out of here. Haibo. Temba. Oh, he's gone again. Man, don't run away from your problems. 
SMS help to 32110 or send a please call me to 072-315-2574. Keys and C's apply. SMSs cost one red. For every bit of news, be confident that SABC News will bring you all sides of the story straight from the source. President Cyril Ramaphosa announced that government will immediately embark on a process of separating ESCOM into generation, transmission and distribution units under ESCOM Holdings. ESCOM says rotational load shedding may be experienced until April. Analysts estimate that 13 hours of load shedding will cost the economy about 2 billion rand. Hopefully we're not going to have a prolonged uh, implementation of load shedding and I'm sure in due course we will have uh, a permanent solution. Stay tuned and informed. SABC News. Independent and impartial. Hashtag SAFM Viewpoint. All right, so let's let's get to to the source in terms of where things are really happening. So we get a big picture into the AMCU strike with well, the strike call with Joseph Matunjo as the president of AMCU, which is the acronym for the Association of Mine Workers and Construction Union. Uh, Joseph, good chatting to you once again. Thanks for your time. Good evening to you and to your listeners. Thank you. So give us the details. Where are we at? There was a strike call. Is there still a call or is a strike happening? Has it started? Is it going to happen? What's the position? Uh, Yes, we are on strike at uh, Spanish Steel Water Gold Sector. Our strike started from the 21st of November uh, to date. Uh, We've tried to meet with... uh, with Sibanyi management, uh, I've started trying to engage with Neil Froneman in Cape Town during mining in Daba, uh, because he was not prepared to meet with AMCO. Uh, but uh, Bishop uh, Mahoba, as Bishop Mahoba made means uh, mm-hmm. through the courageous uh, leadership. And then we met, and we made an undertaking that will take the, the engagement forward. Uh, in the in the in the same week, which was on the tenth of uh, uh, of February, of which indeed we engage with this management, but this ma- their management instead of looking at the demands of uh, our members, they said they will loan uh, our members a one month salary, which is payable in twelve months, and then they will give transport to transport the members who happen to be at home to come back to the mines. And uh, he also made a proposal that he will put, uh, the, the, the workers must up the production about 10% and he will give them 1%. Uh, and then we said to him, uh, to, to their management, does it need a strike to, to apply for the loan? Workers never went on strike because they wanted a loan. They want a better salary, better increment. So then we responded to them that our members have rejected mm-hmm. uh, their proposal. So therefore, we still continue with the strike. And uh, you'll remember that Froneman, uh, uh, he put it clear in the mining endeavor to say for the AMCO strike to have uh, impact to his operation, we must go for years. Uh, for now, the strike is helping him because he's not paying salaries is making his money from the platinum sector. Uh, and then also he made mention on the uh, Sunday Times to say uh, he will never weaken his position. And then because if you weaken his position, 
that means he cannot deal with a difficult task ahead of him at Lonmin. So the issue of Banya is not about affordability. They are not pleading poverty. It's just Nilsoneman. It's just arrogance to say I will maintain this structural uh, salary payment of the black mine workers as was recommended by Lansdowne Commissioner in 1945. That is it. So what, what, what then is help us understand this between the strike that's been ongoing since November and, and what is now being described as a secondary strike? Secondary strike is uh, allowed or permitted by Labor Relations Act uh, that you can exercise that power that you have. Uh, and then that is what we are doing. We remember uh, Neil Froneman in uh, uh, 2004, before he purchased, when he was asked by you media people to say, as we are purchasing uh, brownfields from uh, American, Anglo-American platinum, how are you going to deal with AMCO? And then his response, if you remember, he said, I'm not scared of Matunjo. So instead of responding to AMCO, he personalized, uh, I mean, the whole question. But nevertheless, this is the frontman that is saying is, is taking over loan mean he wants to retrench 13,600 workers at a go, irrespective of the status of the loan mean that we have turned the corner, the safety is have improved, the profit is the first time loan mean has declared a profit, and then we've got a 3.8% of the profit that will be paid to the workers, and Foneman is not prepared, but he's prepared to to pay more than $2.5 billion for retrenchment of 13600 but he's not prepared to pay $4.5 billion for K4 uh, for the future uh, mining at Lonmin. That is, that's the kind of a person we are dealing with. Okay, where... So there's a side concern here, and I just welcome... Uh, people to engage us on air by calling in 0891104207 to make that connection with us. Uh, there's a side issue, which is that many of your workers that are linked to Amqua, specifically with regard to mining, of course, Sabanya Slowwater, uh, are, are in the coal mining industry. And it has implications in terms of this all-important thing that we call energy and, and our fear of load shedding. Uh, if, this, is this, if this becomes protracted once again, is it likely to happen? I mean, if our NEC uh, has endorsed uh, what our members are, are supporting, so yes, we'll go ahead. Wherever that we've got members, uh, whether it's the coal sector, diamond sector, uh, platinum sector, chrome sector, uh, those members will be approached to support a secondary strike. So now, I mean, it's up to the investors uh, whether they are they want to lose their investment just because of Froneman arrogance who try to suppress the majority of the black mine workers. This is the mine that has killed 23 breadwinners. Government failed to reprimand them. Froneman never even disciplined a single manager at Kloof. Instead, he moved the manager from Kloof to Drifontaine to go and continue killing another mine workers because to them is not an issue, it's a number. So how do you deal with such a person? Well, that is a big question. The, the bigger question to you is, there has been accusations that uh, besides the issue of, of the, the coal mines and therefore energy issues, you're, you're also quite happy with uh, calling on these, on these big multinationals to disinvest. I mean, investment for you is, 
is not the biggest issue. Your biggest issue is the 6,000 workers and you, and you don't see a connection between them pulling out and, and being less and, and having the investment being less attractive versus your workers getting jobs. I think, uh, I mean, it will be so irresponsible for any investor to come and invest uh, with buying uh, steel water with Foneman, of which doesn't respect the lives of the black mine workers. I mean, this is not the first. You were born in South Africa. What would, what the politicians were doing, the political parties during the apartheid were calling a disinvestment. They were calling it because those invest, uh, investments were not addressing the plight of the majority of people of South Africa. So if this investment also does not address, we'll run in the same thing. What's wrong with that? Okay, but but what about the implications in terms of the 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 responsibility of a very ailing economy? That means if you don't have an economy, you don't have the mines, you don't have jobs, which means then your workers will definitely be out of jobs. We are talking, uh, yes, losing of jobs, I mean, is not a healthy situation. Yes, it is a challenge. But I find it very strange that people are concerned about 6,000 jobs. I'm not saying they mustn't concern. What about 10 million of South Africans that are not working, that goes to bed without food? We are not concerned about it. And that is not AMCO's doing. That's the government's doing. So why should we blame us when we are saying we go underground to this mine and then we work so hard and we are not compensated accordingly? That is the point that we need to ask. That's a question that we need to ask to say, Yes, I mean, Sibanye, to grandstand, to come up to say they, uh, they, they are retrenching 6,000 workers. I find it very much very opportunistic. Mm. You cannot just in the two months decide to retrench 6,000. They just use this opportunity just to be in a better position to take a moral high ground. That is what they are doing. Sibanye yeah. is the one that was begging to say if AMCO wants to make an impact, we must be on strike for a few years. This is a spine who spent $750 million to employ private security to break AMCO strike. We only want $339 million. That is what we want, the difference. But they can spend $750 million in four weeks to try to employ private security to break the, uh, I mean the strike. I will send you some WhatsApp to show you new security fans that they put all over the mines, chasing our members not to be under the trees. I mean, what? I mean, why should they waste such money? Okay. They do have money, these guys, but they don't have money to pay mine workers. What do you What do you make of the of the minister of of mineral uh, mineral affairs or mineral resources? We're talking about Gwedi Mantashi. What, what do you make of him? You're not very impressed with him, are you? When comes to what? Let's not generalize. Just come. Well, well I'm saying to you. Okay, yes, let me put it this way: Are there areas of of his leadership in mining specifically now that impresses you? Are there areas that concern you? For the fact of the matter, that I've heard him in the end saying, saying he had three meetings with Amco, of which the general secretary of Amco was present, and I was not present. I'm not AMCO. If General Secretary of AMCO is deployed by AMCO to meet him, I mean, he represents AMCO, doesn't represent Joseph Matunjo. 
if the National Executive of AMCO deploys any comrade to attend any meeting, he doesn't represent himself, but he represents the organization. But also to put the facts straight, Mr. Gwedelman Taj is very economic with the truth. Those three meetings that you're referring to was nothing to do with the strike. I've sent him many WhatsApp requesting his intervention. Instead, he was responding to say, I told you to engage with NUM. I've said I've engaged with NUM. NUM is just speaking with Froneman. NUM loves Froneman more than Froneman loves himself. So what can I do? They continued yesterday, last night, to sign another extension agreement. I don't know where, where do they get the mandate because I've never heard of, their, of the meeting called by NUM to get a mandate. So that's the kind of uh, situation I've been requesting the minister for his intervention. But he keeps on saying, talk to Froneman, talk to NUM. Mm, so he's mm. running away from the truth. And, and I suppose you've challenged him on that, haven't you? I mean, you've been very clear about him being economic with the, with the truth on air. Is it something you, you've managed to approach him directly on? Yeah, I'm going to send him a WhatsApp to say, but the minister really is not fair what you were saying in the EMCA. You, we never engage you on the issue of Sibani. It's only WhatsApp that I have with yourself, of which you keep on saying, I advise you to engage with NUM. Talk together, the employer will divide you. I said, no, it's your former union. That is in bed with, uh, I mean, with Froneman. It's all very, very concerning. Our guest is, we're talking mining, we're talking unions, we're talking about strikes, uh, an ongoing strike from Amku and the secondary strike uh, now on board. It seems like it's 6,000 workers uh, effectively uh, to be shed uh, at Sabania Stillwater and the implications of all of that in terms of the workers, in terms of the mining bosses, in terms of um, what happens with the families, in terms of the what happens in terms of man hours or productivity lost. Huge, huge concerns indeed. My guest is Joseph Matunjo, but I'll get your call as well. Z, you're in Cape Town. You're on the air. Hi. Hi, um, thanks, Ashraf and uh, Mr. Matunja. Let me just start on a, on a positive note and say that I think. Mr. Matunja and Amku is what one would typically call a disruptor, and disruptors are generally positive, uh, you know, forces in that they change the way we engage, they change the way we perceive things, they change the way in which to be more concrete and specific labor relations functions at the level of worker engagement and workers exercising their constitutional rights to protest and to exert um, forces on the economy and on the economies of mines and industry. So I think certainly from that perspective, AMCO has been in many ways a breath of fresh air and a welcome evolution to the worker struggle and, and, and the empowerment of workers in the mining industry. And, and would you say significant and part of the disrupting role is the fact that they, they're not aligned as, as uh, the others have been? I'm talking of Kosatu specifically, you know, we're very much a part of government as well. I, I think so. I think it, it helps that they are outside of the mainstream fold, if I can put it that way. But at the same time, of course, I'm sure Mr. Matunja would acknowledge and recognize that that is also a significant disadvantage because you're not, you know, you're not cozying up to politicians. You are not there, as he's just described with Mr. Mantashu, who, you know, batted him to the side to tell him to engage with, you know, with a different channel. And, and one can cite countless examples, you know, not least of which was how... AMCO must try to carry momentum when it started out, when it wouldn't be recognized with the same might as the organized federations and, and, and unions that we know of. So, so I, obviously I would agree with that. 
But where I, I have a serious problem, and, and it's not unique to what I interpreted Mr. Matunja to be saying in the last few minutes, but something that I think many people feel about unions and about worker engagement is just what seems like a complete disconnect from the realities of South Africa, certainly in the last 10 or 15 years. For starters, I just think some of the demands for wages and negotiations and the approach to wage negotiations by prolonged strikes and strikes which are crippling to not only the business but to the industry is counterproductive and counterintuitive. And, and I know there are pros and cons and arguments both ways, but the economic reality that gets borne out is that ultimately you are killing the goose that lays the golden egg. And finding that happy middle ground doesn't seem to be within the dialogue and the purview. It seems to be a clash of extremes. It's a winner-takes-all mentality, which I just don't think is productive. Okay. So that's my first, my first comment. Right. Very quickly then, move on. We're going to wrap up then, Z. Go ahead. Sure. And yeah. my, second, my second comment is I've heard Mr. Matunja say several times about the conduct of the individual you know, uh, on the other side, front of you know, and on and on and on. It almost feels to me a little bit personal. And I think this is precisely the kind of situation that should be depersonalized and we should be dealing with what he calls structural issues. And, and I just want to say very quickly one last thing, and that is if we're talking structural issues, if there is this deep ongoing desire to really have a foothold in ownership and in equity in the mining industry, then instead of this protracted battle between unions and, and employers and, you know, the, the, the capitalist conundrum, empower yourselves, go and look for funding which you will have, take responsibility and okay. show leadership and show right. the world you can run your own Okay, mind. got that, Z. Let's get a response. Thanks for that call. Joseph Matunjo, lots uh, that Z has said. Uh, you may want to pick up on some of those things. Yes, quickly. Uh, we are saying um, we as workers, we've been languishing under the, I mean, this poverty line for so many years. Uh, they, I mean, there is no scientific research or a paper from the scholars that has been produced to say demanding a living wage, it was caused job losses, and it, it, this is what also hurt uh, uh, the, I mean, the economy. And then also, why? This economy, when it has to benefit the majority of black people of South Africa, is becoming an issue. But when it uh, benefits the few executive factors, it's not an issue. So when, when, whenever they put the high target to the investors and they don't meet those targets, the workers becoming the victim. So how many workers have been crippled by these mines are on wheelchairs, of which, I mean, they will never see the sun again. How many of these workers that have been killed by these mines, not properly compensated? We've been campaigning for Mine Health and Safety Act. The government is not, I mean, this campaign doesn't get any traction from the government. So uh, I don't believe that uh, a prolonged strike should be the reason of this investment or is the reason of uh, job losses. No. The, the reason is the historical issues that has never been addressed even after 1994. Blacks are still paid as blacks, and, and their structure is still meant for blacks. So how do you deal with these issues? We have to take them head on. I mean, the people who benefited from the apartheid system and the economies of apartheid 
it's a time. Remember, all these mines, they benefited. They were not paying any money to ESCOM. ESCOM was built by, I mean, the tax of the people. But, I mean, they were getting a free electricity, these guys. But still, even today, they don't want to pay anything back to the South Africans. Should we fold our hands under the disguise of saying we are saving jobs, we are saving economy? The economy that serves the, I mean, the few. I don't think that is okay. really... La- lastly, that, that point that was brought up that uh, by Z, that in fact both the unions and, and government and miners, mine, mine owners in particular, that they, they all seem to be out of touch with the, with the reality of the challenges of, it, of the time. Do you not think that's the case? No. I mean, the, the challenges of the time cannot be squarely placed on the unions. One... AMCO, or, or AMCO doesn't uh, uh, make policies. Policies are made by the government. And the, the business is in the better position in South Africa. It's the only country that has a law that uh, gives business the power to retrench when they don't make profit. But they don't have a law that compels the business to back it. So whenever the business, they don't make money, the laws of South Africa allow them to cut I mean, the workers. But when you look at the executive salary of this manager, whenever the business is not doing good, there are hyper salaries, there are hyper bonuses, remain the same, and there is no one talking about it. Let's make this issue not personal, the issue of but, but Neil Froneman make it personal. Neil Froneman is earning 17,000 rand an hour. And the, the, the rock drill operator doesn't even earn 17,000 rand an hour. His pension fund is 1.2 million. The minerals are meant for the people of the country. It's not meant to serve one family or few fat cats somewhere. No. Okay. These workers have to benefit from these minerals. Okay. Let's leave it at that. Uh, maybe just one last thought that you may want to add uh, going into into your, your plans around the strike. Tell, tell us something else we need to know, perhaps. No, what we are saying, uh, we, we, we put a clarion call to Froneman that he can save the industry. He must just leave his arrogancy, come back to table, and give the workers what they want. If we have to come up with a negotiated settlement, we are prepared. We can go and find a mandate to our members. But for him to declare a war on the working class is going to collapse in us because they're going to shut it down. That's a promise. So the investors, those who are continuing investing at Sibanye, they will lose their interest. They will lose their investment because Sibanye it doesn't uh, respect the plight of the workers, doesn't take them seriously. Yeah. Okay, let's leave it at that. Thank you for your time. We're going to certainly follow that story and see, if I can say it, who wins in the end. Joseph Matunjwa, the president of AMCU, the Association of Mine Workers and Construction Union. As always, we end up with um, innovation. I'll give you that sundown score in a moment as well. So we talk innovation right after this.